Hi, I'm your host, Big Nakruma. And I'm Audio Nerd64. And we are your gamer friends. Today we're talking about Super Smash Brothers on Switch, The Division 2, GTA Online rumors, ESRB's new label for in-game purchases, The Sims 4 Jungle Adventure Game Pack, that's really just for me, and the PUBG roadmaps. It's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff, and a lot of it came out this afternoon. It did. This evening? This evening. Yeah, I think the Xbox roadmap came out 30 minutes ago. We're recording this on Thursday, because... Technically on Friday. Friday. Yeah. I'm tired. Stick around after we log on to talk about Rick and Morty and Wolverine, The Long Night. Tomorrow's new podcast is coming out. And just some general nerdery about the On Air Fest. Then we're talking about what we're playing this week, some more PUBG, The Division, Monster Hunter, actually. And that conversation is going to be part of a larger interview that we're doing with a good friend of mine, that Tim dude, one of my first real hardcore gamer community friends. So we're going to dive into that relationship. You could just say gamer friends, man. Fuck. I'll get over it. Let's just log on. First up this week, we're going to talk about GTA. Um, It's kind of a big package of rumors, uh, and I'm not entirely sure how familiar you are with what's going on in the GTA online world right now. Not at all. (laughs) So for those of you who have not followed along, there's been a lot of iterations of this game. This might be the third. So what people are saying is that there is a GTA Premium Edition that is going to be coming out this month. Apparently, it leaked on one of those Amazon-style websites where you can buy video games, but a non-US version of that website. Uh, And the Premium Edition, as folks online are saying, could be a recreation of Liberty City from GTA 4 in the GTA 5 engine, or a possible expansion of GTA Online into Liberty City, which would be huge and also cost me a lot of time because it's a really grindy game when you get down to it, Mm. GTA Online. Mm -hmm. You haven't spent any time in it. No, I've only played the campaigns uh, for both 4 and 5. Never never online. You know what? I don't blame you because it took them so long for online to come out. They promised that it would come out shortly after, and then it was like uh, months and months and months. And then they promised uh, these raids that they called heists, and that took over a year for them to come out. I don't blame you. Yeah. I actually wasn't also an online player at the time. Like, I I don't know why I never got into online playing, but uh, it just wasn't my thing. Hmm. Oh, well. Well, adding to this rumor just a few hours ago is that the Xbox One got an update for the backwards compatible GTA 4. So it's, you know, a lot is going on around Liberty City, and I'm really excited to see whether or not they actually announce a premium edition, whether or not uh, it Liberty includes... Liberty City is actually going to be in it. <laughs> yeah. It might just be <laughs> 4K HDR for the Xbox One X, and I will probably still buy it. Uh, I'm well aware. Yeah, I um, Silently judging you. It's okay. Next up, although we did say last week that we were not really going to tackle this issue on the podcast. I think 
it's just gonna come in dribs and drabs, and yeah. every week is gonna be a new piece of news. You kind of just can't avoid it. No. So you know what we're talking about. <laughs> we're talking about loot boxes again, Yay. of course. So uh, the ESRB, the Entertainment Software Ratings Board, for those who didn't know what the R was or the S was, I never really cared. Hmm. Anyway, they're <laughs> they're adding in-game purchase labels to every game that has any kind of in-game purchase. Unfortunately, any kind of in-game purchase also includes things like DLC. So it's like, hey, you regular shit that you're going to buy. Exactly. Uh, This was not really uh, in the spirit (laughs) of what legislators were um, hoping to achieve. So for those of you who don't know, Hawaii is actually the first in the nation to legislate around loot boxes. Uh, The argument being that it's actually a form of gambling. And because it's a form of gambling, we can't offer it to our children without an appropriate warning. So the ESRB is kind of saying, hey, we're actually going to, you know, take a step so that you don't need to regulate us with legislation um, and put this label on. The problem being, the label doesn't actually do anything. Yeah, it's kind of like it puts everyone underneath the same roof, which is not helpful. The problem is, is that every game, but most games, you could potentially buy things, yeah. be it DLC, skins. Because it's, you know, like we were saying last week, you know, these games are so expensive to make now is that these companies, you know, need to sort of, like, right. make up that revenue. And so, like, you know, everyone's doing it, which is fine. I have no problem with, it, you know, buying If it's cosmetic, I don't care at all. Yeah, like, go for it. Or if it's legitimate <laughs> DLC, the Origins DLC was amazing. Right. I know you haven't played it yet, so we right. didn't talk about it last time. Right. But, um, you know, there's a really good way of doing DLC. There's a really terrible way of doing loot boxes, as we've seen in recent games. So I think, you know, there's people hitting the middle ground. I guess The Division maybe is kind of a middle ground where they do have an expansion of gameplay. uh, But there's also a lot of cosmetic stuff that they're offering uh, that you can pay real money for. I I mean, that doesn't really bother me, again, as long as it's not influencing the core gameplay. That said, I don't think it's fair to really put the battlefields of the world up against the origins of the world, even though there is, you know, stupid stuff that you can dress Bayek up in with real money if you so choose. It's it's really more about, I think, the the DLC that they're creating, the mm-hmm. stories that they're building on top of the original narrative. So anyway, disappointing to see <laughs> a real lack of action. Uh, and I'm sure uh, as this conversation evolves, there's going to be more and more legislators and states taking up action. I can't wait. Uh, Hopefully it's going to lead to a lot more visits with President. Not my president. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag not my president. Speaking of some of y'all's president. (laughs) So last week, Trump announced this big old meeting with the video game industry. And the video game industry was like, who said that? (laughs) (laughs) Who said that? Who said that? Um... (laughs) What's funniest to me about you using that reference is our conversation earlier today about how you're not caught up. I know I'm very caught up, not caught up on what's going on in Hotlanta with the Real Housewives. And I'm not, it's, I'm, it is what it is. Nene girl. Mm. 
Anyway, I saw from PC Gamer, they gave us a list of who was actually going to be at said meeting. And it is basically like, what was it? Oh, three Republicans and then like, let's see, two or three other people who just hate video games. They're just like advocates for hating video games. And... Okay, but there were a few legit people there. The CEO of Rockstar was there. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, the CEO of the company that owns Bethesda was there. There are some pro-gamer people, and I feel like GTA is probably the biggest target of all the folks that believe that video games are corrupting the youth. Right. Which, you know, not that they don't have some kind of point about GTA. (laughs) But that, like... that's just it, it, if here we are we're talking about politics today and it is just like so not surprising that he was like okay we're gonna pick people who make the video games and who obviously like the video games and then the people who hate the video games it was like no how how do you come to a middle ground it was i think less of a meeting and more of look i'm doing something by doing nothing well what is this year two of of this of this not presidency. Oh Lord. Anyway. So apparently they played some video hmm. beforehand. And I'm curious to see what, what violent games that they chose. I haven't seen it yet. Have you seen it yet? No. Alright, so we're gonna we're gonna see it right now. Here we go. Wait, let me get the screen rotation on. You gotta I wanna see it in all its violent glory. Shit. <laughs> Oh, nice. nice. <laughs> oh, that's that's oh fuck. Shit, that's violent. That why would no. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Oh, uh, so violent. And wow, Jesus Christ. Well, I think that's payday. Those are probably hostages. Oh, ooh. Oh, my God. All right, I've seen that before. First. That was a Nazi. Oh, shit. So that's that. How the fuck he get, oh, what in the, oh lord. Oh, oh. Ooh, that's... It feels like some staffer Googled the most violent parts Holy of every video game. <laughs> but these games are so old. Is that Gears of War? Maybe. I know there's a list of what these are. Oh, oh. Oh yeah, I think so. Wow, I'm gonna sleep well tonight. Um, yeah, it was violent. Um, notably, though, uh, only, I only saw guns, um, literally, I think three or four of those scenes actually involved guns, and then the rest of them were not. So, hmm, as with most things in this presidency, I, uh, am not entirely sure what the point was. I mean, I know what the point was, but, like... I mean, at the end of the day, 
there are violent video games. Video games right. are violent. They are rated a certain rating. For and a reason. Even if the ESRB makes some questionable decisions. <laughs> and at the end of the day, <laughs> listen, I played a lot of M-rated games before I was 17. Absolutely. And because I'm not interested in actually doing some of the things that uh, I did in video games, I don't do them. And for most people who are not trying to recreate what they're seeing on video games, it is a perfectly reasonable escape. And also just seems odd that we single out video games when in that clip, I've definitely seen 10 more violent things in the last two or three horror movies that I've seen, which happen to be two or three of the only horror movies that I've ever seen, because I don't do gore Get like out that. doesn't count. Um, get out counts, yes. It, there's ice creamed. Ugh, so anyway, yeah. you know, there's there's a lot of gore in a lot of other mediums, not just right. video games. And I don't quite understand the argument that, you know, just because uh, you're, there's a controller in your hand that you're any less culpable or engaged with violent activity by playing a video game versus watching a movie. Right. Moving on to something a little less controversial, as long as you are um, not a hater, The Sims 4 had a new update. I feel... Red. <laughs> but whatever. The Sims 4 had a new update, and you can now do more of the stuff that you were able to do in The Sims 3. Um, you can go on vacation, and now, instead of three unique cultures to go visit, you have one that is basically an amalgamation of every single Central American country. And I gotta say, I didn't buy it. The World Adventures was probably my least favorite uh, pack Expansion pack for The Sims 3. Mm-hmm. I went on vacation a handful of times. Mm-hmm. I never fully explored anything. It, mm-hmm. That's just not why I play The Sims. You know, it's impressive that we found some minute, super specific expansion for The Sims that you didn't buy. Hmm. Congrats. Hmm. <laughs> well, anyway, moving on to a super specific expansion that I will buy, uh, they did announce a few days ago that there will be a pets DLC, DLC. More things for the pets? So instead of just making the pets expansion all-encompassing, they're now asking that you pay more money so that you can play with a hamster, although they do give the hamster a lot of cool stuff. (laughs) And more outfits for your dogs and cats and all that kind of stuff. So if you enjoy the dogs and cats gameplay, which apparently most people do because it's the best-selling pack for The Sims 4. I mean, who doesn't love a good virtual pet? I mean, I actually might post uh, my virtual Dobby on the Instagram. (sighs) Anyway... I'm really excited. Whew. Not for the thing that you're excited for. I'm also excited for the thing you're excited for. But here's the for. thing. I'm more excited for it because I... You screamed. I screamed actually. when I first heard it. Actual <laughs> screamed. And I'm really good at this game. Like, I don't. you do not want to see me out in these streets mm. when you I am playing Super Smash so much Brothers. About Super no, Smash Brothers. No, because it's true. I it is true. I don't believe you at all. It is true. Actually, one of... Someone from college is now a professional gamer, and I played against him, and uh-huh. I beat him. Okay. I don't know what game he plays now. 
Uh-huh. But that doesn't matter. That's so interesting to me because BuzzFeed did a whole video where they had someone who's quote-unquote really good at Super Smash Brothers play a professional and got wrecked. And then what they did was they had the professional get drunk and wait so that the drunkenness was kicking in. And still, this dude kicked the BuzzFeed guy's ass. Well... It's not me. So. <laughs> there it is. See me in these streets. I will challenge. <laughs> I will challenge anyone. Anyone. Once I get used to the super small controller of the Switch. Actually, fuck that. I'm getting a classic controller when I buy my Switch. What do is I look like? What the fuck I look like? No, I'm sure. <laughs> I they, they have a, a smaller. They have not a smaller. They have like the. You can get like a, a classic controller. I will not play Super Smash Brothers on the Switch on anything but a classic controller. Do not play me. Do not. If you couldn't tell, there was a big announcement today. A huge announcement. <laughs> we Super- have the lead. <laughs> Super Smash Brothers is coming to Switch, and now I can finally justify buying one. I'm so happy. Yeah, for some reason, uh, mainly that I only played one, Breath of the Wild was not... Enough. Even I never played a Zelda game. So like, uh, really, you never played any of them. I played one for like five minutes and was like, "Damn, this is long." I I feel like that takes a certain <laughs> you type of for five like, minutes and decided it was too long. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> how, oh, does, so. how does that work? How sway? I need my action up front, man. I okay. Just, uh, anyway, Intro to Kingdom Hearts 2 time is a Can't classic, and so obviously I played that. I've dabbled in some Zelda, but you know, I, I none of that matters. Super Smash Brothers on Switch. Okay, so we'll check in with y'all once we know a little bit more, because all we've seen so far is that Super Smash Brothers is coming to Switch. Okay, I'm excited because um, also announced today. Well, whatever the sequel to the Division. The what? The sequel to The Division, named The Division 2. Possibly. No, it's The Division 2. Oh, it two. is The Division 2? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's The Division 2. That's cute. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> uh, predictable, maybe. You know, I, maybe I would have liked a more imaginative sequel name, but we, yeah, we can't. I feel very strongly that <laughs> games don't tend to have a bunch of colons and then subtitles. Love a colon, love a subtitle. <clears throat> Anyway, The Division 2 got announced. They have been working on it for a while. And what's interesting is that there are already several updates planned for the current iteration of the game, which means that there might not be a huge content drought uh, between when they do stop updating The Division 1, I guess we should be calling it now, and Mm -hmm. The Division 2. I'm excited, though, to be talking a little bit more um, when we get to the home screen about what's going on in The Division right now because they are celebrating two years since the release of The Division. That's lovely. Yeah. Good for them. Two years. It's great. And they still have players, unlike some games out here who can't even keep the players for one year. Whatever. (laughs) It's also Destiny 2's six-month anniversary. (laughs) It was shade when you said it. I named it. You just named it. I I named it. Preface with shade. Anyway, uh, let's not pretend like the division hasn't had its own problems, which I don't uh, know about because I've never played it. We also left 
in a huff at one point. And I really feel like Ubisoft has rebuilt a lot of the trust that was lost with like Watch Dogs and the launch of The Division and Unity, Assassin's Creed Unity that was so poorly done. Yeah, and I feel like they really have brought it back from the brink because Ghost Recon Wildlands is being received really well and is getting new content on a regular basis. They announced a 10-year plan for Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, 10 years? Yeah. Wow, they're just playing the long game. They're in the third year already for Rainbow Six Siege. That's interesting. Yeah. Watch Dogs 2, I thought was really good. If you enjoy the core gameplay mechanics of Watch Dogs, then Watch Dogs 2 is kind of the Assassin's Creed 2 of that series. It really Mm. pumps up the volume on what the core gameplay already was. I did play the first one. A lot of fun. Yeah, you should definitely pick up uh, Watch Dogs 2. And it's a black character. It is a black character. we're no longer in Black History Month, so it doesn't matter. Mm, Black History 365? It's a joke. Okay. Anyway, so I feel like The Division has really earned the hype that it's been getting today just because the developers have done such a great job in bringing the game back. Um, And we'll dive a little bit more into that in the home screen. The last big piece of news is that PUBG has got two roadmaps. Can we just talk about, we complained, they were like, where are the updates, where are the updates? And then PUBG was like, they're here, nigga. No, it's actually us. We said that PUBG needed to fix the black eyeball monsters, and look what happened. We haven't been eyeball monsters in like a week. Oh my God, yes. Someone at Bluehole listens to Gamer Fans. <laughs> I'm sure they do. And didn't. is like, oh, <laughs> I didn't even know. And fix it just for us, I believe. For us. By us. By Thank us. you. So. Love Solange. Anyway. <laughs> where have you been? Your age? I can't believe you. FUBU? Uh, well, no, I know it was before Solange. So, anyway. <clears throat> wow. PUBG released two roadmaps today. One for PC and one for Xbox One. Um I'm going to just run over the highlights for both. Um, But first and most exciting for me is that Miramar is going to be coming to Xbox One in, quote, early spring. So I'm hoping within the next, like, six to eight weeks, that would be really cool. And then for PC and for Xbox, they're actually changing the textures of a lot of buildings, which is apparently going to be helping with the rendering and loading times. Um, the Lord which, knows they need it. Yeah, apparently. Walk it up into empty buildings and be like, okay, where is everything? <laughs> Depending on the, the uh, bulkiness of your PC or whether or not you have an Xbox One or an Xbox One X, you can experience a drastically different game. So really excited to see that they're also going to be considering some improvements to the UI, to how you are in your inventory, all that kind of stuff. How are you feeling about the game right now? Oh, I still love it. Um, I'm actually starting to get good at it. Like, gotten to, uh, wow, shade. I, all shade. I will say is that someone who had only played like five games won a duos with me the other day, and I got the only kills. Look, I'm not that... I, I'm good at the game, okay? I got some kills in, you know? I'm, like, I'm more aggressive. You are much more aggressive. And getting good at it. Yeah. Don't shave me like that. It's, it's, you know what? If you look up my stats, you can see I'm really not that great. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, okay. (laughs) Anyway, 
Perhaps the biggest news for PC is not the announcement of just one map that had already been kind of hinted at, but two maps. So one is actually, I think, a direct answer to Fortnite. They are shrinking the size of the map. It's only going to be quote, four by four. So that means that there's going to be a lot more intensity from the very beginning, which a lot of people say is the biggest difference between Fortnite and PUBG, at least in terms of how the game actually works. Obviously, there's building and stuff in Fortnite that's not in PUBG. No Minecrafting. There's no Minecrafting going on. But because it's a smaller map, it's actually a lot uh, quicker the games are faster. Right. Uh, you know, a long PUBG game could be like, you know, more than 20 minutes. Whereas uh, I, I hear Fortnite can be like down to 12. I don't really play Fortnite all that much. It's not for me. It's not really for me either. Yeah, but... Maybe um, we'll, we'll try it. I've tried a few with my little brother. Oh. How did, oh, you just didn't He's like actually it. really good, so he carried me. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, um... Other than the uh, smaller map, which looks like it's going to be jungle-themed by the topography, they also have announced a fourth map, which will be the standard size, and no other details were given. So we still have to see what's coming down the pike, but if you're a PUBG fan, definitely go check out those roadmaps. I really think there's a lot of good info in there for you, and if you stepped away from the game, it might be a good time to come and check out and see what's changed. Yeah, we're So in this next segment, these past two weeks in Nerd, and we take a break for video games to just talk about some nerdy things. First up, Jessica Jones. Did you know it was coming out? (laughs) I I saw the trailer and was like, oh shit. You know what? I haven't seen the trailer. (laughs) I haven't. I really have not seen a trailer. And you know what? No, there is a trailer. I know there's a Luke Cage trailer, and we're going to Well, that was more of a teaser. Well, yeah, a teaser. I know it exists, but I haven't seen that either. Yeah, the Jessica Jones trailer dropped, and I was like, wow, something hasn't been this poorly promoted with a woman lead, which is kind of pathetic for Women's History Month, um, since Wonder Woman. Mm. I kind of had no clue. It was just kind of like, I was like, oh, shit, it's coming out. Um, and, you I know, got an email and was like, what? That's next week. That's next week. I get it. Who Black knew? Panther is still lit. Yeah, mm. you know, I guess coming off of all that promotion, Jessica Jones really got lost, which is a shame because it is my favorite Netflix MCU. It definitely is the best <clears throat> Netflix TV show for the MCU. Absolutely. Um, I, I hate to say that as a Luke Cage fan, but um, Jessica Jones was better. And at the end of the day, um, she will get her shine because all the reviews, the early reviews, say that the season is very good. It has the typical Netflix curse. Apparently, it starts slow um, and builds, oh. but the payoff sounds like it's totally worth it. And in my experience, has been for every single Marvel show on Netflix so far. So I'm excited to see uh, what happens tomorrow. Yeah. Today. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, also, right Luke now. Cage got his little teaser trailer where he's just talking shit. Apparently, he uh, he's like, well, I stopped the hand, so look at me now. <sighs> Whatever. I hope they do. Look, I'm really just here for Misty Knight and her new Winter Soldier arm. That's all I care about. I'm so curious as to whether or not they try and tie her into some other stuff. You know they won't. But what they are doing and what they actually are promoting is Infinity War. Do you mean Black Panther 2? No! 
<laughs> but really though, uh, just a Koye. That's all I want. Then I saw a screenshot of Shuri talking with Bruce Banner. Yes, you know, you know, there's gonna be some shade. I'm ready. She's gonna be like, you, you did what now? <laughs> I'm oh, ready. What, what if she thinks that she can solve? The problem. She probably could just inject him with some vibranium. But like, listen <laughs> though, what if that what if that gives him a reason to like come back to Wakanda and he's in Black Panther two or Black Panther three trying to get uh, who knows trying to get a shape up with Shuri. I mean, supposedly we have a whole Hulk arc, so who knows? Yeah, but I thought the arc was finished in Infinity War. Oh, they just can't. He just can't die, so they're not going to get rid of him. Right. Like, the way that I expect Cap or Iron Man or maybe even Thor to die, I just, you can't kill Bruce Banner. Right, because well, it's actually mm-hmm. impossible. Right. Hmm. Who knows? Super excited that they pushed up the release date. I think it was probably to, like, not compete with the Han Solo movie. Mm. Don't really care. Black That's Panther 2 is coming even... now. Next month. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm interested that they didn't think about that because it's not like Disney bought Marvel a few weeks ago. Like, they've owned Star Wars and Marvel for a while. I don't really care. I get Infinity War early, so. I feel like they did the whole thing just to say fantastic in a tweet, and I am putting it out there right now that we are going to get a Fantastic Four Easter egg in Infinity War, if not a cameo. Okay, a character. Yeah, I'm not sure about whether or not a cameo is realistic because then we probably would have gotten leaked casting news. I don't know. It would be a huge secret to keep. It would be, but and I Tom Holland could, can't keep it. Tom, Tom Holland, Holland keep he hasn't seen the whole script. As him and um, that's crazy. Mark Ruffalo, apparently, allegedly, they have not been shown the full script because they can't keep a secret. That's amazing. I mean, there's no way that the Hulk is not involved deeply in like one of the final battles though obviously look like beyonce you need to sign a non-disclosure to hang out with them so like <laughs> fair enough. you know it is what it is fair enough fair enough in a completely different direction we're gonna take a break from all this marvel talk really mm-hmm. to check a little bit on some rick and morty we are not the rick and morty fans that you might have seen on the internet i'm not interested in standing on top of restaurant counters and yelling at employees Someone of did that? fast food restaurants. Oh, yeah. They stood on counters? It was nuts. Trash. It was absolutely wild. I really can't believe that uh, McDonald's was not, like, scared off by what happened the first time they did this. But they have re-released Szechuan sauce. And we went to try it today. We did. And... You know, it's funny, I don't, I didn't, I'm sure I had it when I was a kid, because, like, Mulan was, like, our shit. Like, we, my brother especially, like, we'll just, I think still to this day, we'll just watch the movie back to back to back. <laughs> That's cute. But, like, I didn't remember it as a kid, and I had it now. And, like, we tried a homemade recipe, it was pretty good. Mm. It was good, it but was pretty it was good, not, but it wasn't the original it recipe. was not as good. I gotta say, I dipped my fries in it, and it's not so good on the fries. But the chicken, it was good on the chicken. I enjoyed it on the fries. Hmm. I don't think I would travel through interdimensional space for it, though. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. But I did recently do some traveling. Uh, 
Can you guess where I went? Oh, um, I know it was really important and you had a lot of fun. It was important. I did have fun. I had to travel to Williamsburg, though. <sighs> See, that's why I didn't go. <laughs> that's not why you didn't go. <laughs> but whatever. No, it was fine. Uh, so last, or two weekends ago now, uh, was the On Air Fest held at the Wythe Hotel in Williamsburg. And it was great, man. It was great. I know you show me some really, really cool stuff. They had Sennheiser up on the seventh floor of the hotel, and they were doing all types of, like, demonstrations for their 3D audio and they, what they call their amoeba mm. stuff. Um, so they Sounds had, nebulous. <laughs> slightly. Um, it was really cool. They have, like, this headset that you can hook up to your iPhone because it's, it's a lightning cable. Okay. Technology. It's just Apple is... Bulldozing over everything. You plug it into the the lightning port jack and you can record a video. Hopefully you can also just record like voice memos with it too. Because that could be just a cool audio only application. I don't know. Do you record voice memos? No, but if I was doing like a podcast thing or like an interview mm. or something, I would just use the voice memo app. Okay. But anyway, so you can, so the, it's just, you know how like you have like those older over the ear yeah. wrap around, like mm-hmm. go to the gym. Have, so they kind of like that. Um, and they have two microphones embedded on the sides, and they create what's called binaural recordings. You know what binaural is? No, absolutely not. Basically, binaural recordings are recordings that kind of that are that sound like a, you're actually there. And how they're traditionally made is they use a dummy head, and they put microphones in the ears and record it that way because there's like how we hear things through like with our head is like different than putting just two microphones in an empty space. Hmm. So it was really cool. It worked really, really well. Um, and you can actually use the headphones to like record binaurally and then listen to regular headphones, and it still sounds like a oh. binaural recording. So it was really cool. So they had that. They had like a, a music concert recording up there to show what it was like, and that was really dope. And apparently they had a whole bunch of 3D audio workshops and things like that. So that was really cool to see from the podcasting realm because I like go to like a lot of audio things and that's actually the first time that like i've seen a whole bunch of like talks specifically for 3d audio it was really dope Hmm. um what would you use something like that for hmm, i don't know uh my i don't know i think i my immediate reaction is like sound art or like making someone sound like you're at a performance or something i think you know like that would be dope you know you could maybe stream a concert or something like that Hmm. And you'll can like binaurally stream audio. Or, it could be cool for some podcasting. Could be good for podcasting, um, especially in the sound design realm. Right. Well, actually, that's a good that's a good pivot. Uh, Marvel's Wolverine podcast was there. Oh, I'm so excited for it, man! Tell me about it. Holy shit! It. They played us three clips from the podcast and. My, it sounded like a movie. Uh, so they talked about how they produced it, and apparently they used what like a three sixty microphone and just like set it up in the room for like all the actors to act around it. So that's why it like sounds the way that it does. Mm, that's really cool. It was. Uh, the sound design was super duper good. Like they even like went into how they specifically made this claw sounds. Wolverine. It's like they used. To like knife scraping sounds, a sword sound, and then down to like the blood and then a wince from the actor because, you know, it comes out of his skin. I was like, damn, the detail. They also showed us one of the session files. It was like 100 tracks deep. 
yeah, that's the face that I made. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was really really cool. It sounds it sounds amazing. I can't wait. Actually, the the really cool part about it is that they said, even though it sounded really good on really big speakers, to that is specifically mixed for headphones, which makes sense for a podcast. I feel like most people are listening to podcasts on their way to work or something like that. Yeah, but like. I don't know if listening to this on the way to work would do it justice. You know, it's like, I wouldn't want to, like, I'll listen to, like, Damn on the way to work, get pumped up, but to p- butterfly, you need to sit down and really take that in. You need to let that wash over you. You know, that's an experience. Goodbye. And I feel like this is going to be an experience. And I'm ready to experience it in the right way, in the right way. Okay. Get my nice headphones on. Listen to this, to these claws coming out, slicing and dicing, <laughs> wincing, and all that. I'm excited. I'm probably I'm just excited. gonna put it on my soundbar. But the headphones, whatever the soundbars, I'm sure will be fine. <laughs> but overall, the RNFS was really, really dope. I'm glad I had a chance to go, and I'm really glad they did the 50% off tickets. They should keep How doing well? that for broke. People like me. (laughs) (laughs) But a lot of really great talks. Uh, I went on Sunday and I wish I could have gone to more days, which I think is an excellent marker for how, you know, a good festival was good. Is that you wish that you went to more time. time. And they did a really great job with the programming. Like I sort of hit all the like podcast basics, like interviewing and pitching and storytelling. But not in like, uh, this is how you interview one-on-one panel and this is how you do this panel like all the the panels that I went to really took these very core elements of podcast creation and had conversations that were super duper next level and really helpful for people like me who are like super new to the game and they really looked like they looked into the community for like who they had on I saw a few people from Gimlet Keisha Dutess got to host on Saturday. Which, That's your homegirl. Yeah, and the podcasting retreat that she hosts at Bonfire Radio is basically the reason why we exist. That would be an interesting story to tell. Yeah, one of these days. Uh, but overall, On Air Fest was really dope. Really, really nerdy. So nerdy. What's your favorite thing? My favorite, it was like audio nerdery. <laughs> comic book nerdery. And it was a lot of fun. I can't wait till next year. And we'll have to get you to go, too. Oh, I'll, I'll be there. You will be there. Is it still going to be in Williamsburg, though? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. The home screen. The home screen. Uh, what have you been playing this week? I have almost exclusively almost been playing exclusively. The Division. Ah, okay. So the news dropping about The Division 2 came kind of in the middle of my re-addiction process with the game. Mm -hmm, And so mm -hmm. now I'm even more hyped for The Division 2. Got it. So for those of you who don't know, um, The Division has these uh, irregular events that they call global events. And they essentially add a modifier to the whole game experience. And the current modifier is Assault. And what that means... Sounds violent. It is These games violent. are so violent. They're Ugh. very violent. <laughs> um, anyway, um, Assault is the closer you get to your enemy, the more damage you're doing, or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And so it's 
inspiring some really, really close-up gameplay between me and uh, the clan. Mm -hmm. And we're worried that next week, when it's a different global event, that we're not going to be able to hang because we're so used to just running up in people's faces now. Oh, so like the skill set changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I like that. I'm pretty sure this upcoming week, it has something to do with your proximity to your teammates means that you take more damage or something along those lines. You got to squat up. No, no, no. The opposite. Oh, you got to separate. Yes. Oh, that's... (laughs) Exactly. That's interesting. Yeah, because usually... So the Division is a third-person cover-based shooter. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes, you and a buddy on your team will be behind the same piece of cover, maybe using a skill that not only enhances your gameplay or your health or your firepower or whatever, but Mm -hmm. also that of the person in a certain radius around you. Mm -hmm. And so... um, a lot of the times you are clumped up together as a team, uh, you know, taking on these waves and waves of enemies. And uh, if you can't be close to your team, uh, you got to have a more solo build aspect, uh, a more solo build perspective when you are approaching the event. So we'll see what happens, but it definitely has me hooked again. Um, and I- I'm happy to be back. They made so many improvements uh, between the launch of the game and uh, patch 1.8. And I-, I really feel like it's in it's in its um it's in its Taken King stage <laughs> right now. I have no idea what that reference means. Oh, pleb. Hosts. Pleb. <laughs> Hosts the gaming podcast doesn't understand gaming references. <laughs> so when Destiny launched, uh, it was a grind fest. There was a lot of problems. I was a day one player. Loved the game. You know, a lot of the reason why this show exists is also because of that game. But... Uh, It wasn't perfect. (laughs) And along the way, they made some missteps. And then uh, in year two, they released a major DLC expansion called The Taken King, which really began the road to fixing the game. And by the end of Destiny 1, you know, it was great again. And we were playing on a regular basis. And it was, uh, you know, what we had remembered it to be earlier and uh the division is kind of in that honeymoon period right now uh i'm a little concerned (laughs) that the division 2 will follow in the footsteps of destiny 2 Uh, uh, give them some faith benefit of the doubt you don't know yet we don't know yet we We don't know know nothing about the game other than you know and like they say a smart gaming publisher learns from their own mistakes a wise gaming publisher learns from other people's mistakes. So what you're saying is that Bungie's dumb and Massive has the opportunity to be wise. I see you've been working on your yoga lately because that Big Nick... (laughs) Was a reach. Was a reach. No. Anyway, uh, not really much new for me this week. I started the division. You did. A little bit. Got Got to Manhattan, so... You ever play the division? You're like, great. He played for literally 20 minutes. <laughs> Peer pressure. Whatever. I'm over it. Uh, same old PUBG stuff. Ooh. I played Monster Hunter. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, you know, I said this earlier, but I am getting good at PUBG. You're definitely getting better. Don't want to take your shine. Thank you. Did you happen to catch the uh, Twitch Rivals tournament? Uh, is this the one with all the streamers that played? Yes. Yeah. I 
only no, I didn't watch it. I did see Doctor Disrespects <laughs> freak out, which was poor guy. Hilarious. It was funny. Um, I would be mad too, but um, I don't know if I would be mad on camera like that. That's his whole thing, though. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, I watched the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I watched a few different streamers' perspectives. Um, a few indie streamers that I like were actually involved, so that was indie nice to streamers. watch. Yeah, I like yeah. That. Uh, Kate Stark mm-hmm. um, is someone that I really enjoy watching, mm-hmm. uh, and she and her crew were uh, actually in second place in one of the later matches. That's nice. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, Chaco Taco is another person that I really like to watch. Um, yes, I've, so, seen, I've seen you watch yeah. a lot of Chaco. <laughs> <laughs> a few of my a few of my favorite people were involved and it was it was fun to watch. Um I do uh think a few of the final circles were um uh, a little mm, I don't I don't even need to go all the way. Okay. What was I saying before I started that? Something about Chaco Taco and I do watch them, blah 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 blah. You just end it. So yeah, all in all, I think uh, it was a lot of good fun. Um, really interested to see if they change the rules for the next time because technically the team that did the best and won the most money did not win the overall tournament. And I'm not a huge fan of the folks that did. So um, anyway. Ooh, there it is. <laughs> drawing a line in the sand. Yeah, generally not a fan of racism. I think that's a good place to take a break. <laughs> We can cut that, too. No, we're going to keep it. Okay. A little shade. Everyone, very happy to welcome two gamer friends, our very first guest, that Tim dude. Tim. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> How are you doing? I feel so honored. I'm doing pretty good. Ooh, yeah. Honored. Um, no, dude. Yeah. The the when this podcast gets off the ground, and I'm the first uh, guest. Yeah. No, for sure. I think it's funny Definitely that you say honored. that because you're already kind of famous. Kind of. I mean, more really. than kind I was, of. Oh, you know, famous as a youth and across the internet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can I explain? Like, well, see, I, I'm always been kind of a social justice warrior. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! No, I'm just joking. no, I mean, I I painted the Windows logo over a swastika once, and then stuck that on Reddit, and yeah. 
I think everyone has seen the image. We're going to go ahead and put it in the show notes. I, I think I think everyone's pretty familiar with that as a as a thing that happened. It gets reposted every so often, and I ought to do that one of these days. I need that karma. <laughs> you got <laughs> to farm that karma. So first of all, <clears throat> I'm interested to know uh, how you identify, whether you identify as a gamer or not, um, and what f- was the first console, was the first game that you really came to love and you know kept bringing you back in a way that was different than just casually playing it with your friends? I would identify probably just as a general nerd, but gamer too in general, not just video games either. I, and as you know, Nick, I... I, I get down with some D and D on the weekends and uh every Sunday. You know, I Oh man, it's so good. But we also do some board game nights too when everyone can make it. But yeah, general kind of nerd gamer type. We're appreciative of general nerdery here. <laughs> we have a whole segment right, dedicated yeah. to it. <laughs> <clears throat> um I was sure. gonna say the first console I owned was a hand me down PlayStation One. Classic. Mm. From my older brother. Aww. Yeah, he was about, he's about 14 years older than I am. So when he moved out, he gave me that PlayStation. Um, he joined the Navy, so he didn't get a boot camp or whatever. So I got it, and I'm trying to think what games were on it. He had a couple Madden games, and I've never really been into those too much. But I do remember he had Spyro the Dragon. Mm. Classic. Isn't and that going to go remaster soon, too? It is, and I am so excited uh, about that. <laughs> Sorry for that. What's for? PlayStation. Uh, PlayStation, yeah. It's home. Uh, my girlfriend has a PlayStation 4, so Aww. it's going to work out very nicely. How is Edna? <laughs> She's doing pretty good. She's in the other room. We're in the middle of moving right now, so. Oh, well, thank you for kinda... taking the time, Tim. So anyway... Yeah, I think Spyro was the first video game I really remember, like, clicking with and being like, oh, fuck yeah, man, that's so... And then, you know, I I got the second one when it came out, and I think I got the third one, too. I eventually got a Nintendo 64 and stuck with the Nintendo products for a very long time. I didn't have a PlayStation 2... For a while, I did eventually get one, but I switched over to Xbox, got a 360, because a lot of my friends had them, and, you know. I feel like everyone got a 360. Yeah, I had a 360. Yeah. I remember I had one of those original OG 360s. Did you get the Red Ring of Death? Death. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Man, like several times. moments video game history right there. Dude, I got the Red Ring of Death several times. I did the oh, penny no. trick, though. Wow, did you I know about heard? that one? No. You take a penny. Um, what the Red Ring of Death was, was it was the console overheating. And it's because Microsoft used a shitty paste heat absorber. I think oh. nowadays they have standard ones that are like in computers and stuff uh, with some, you know, I think it's coppers. I, I don't know. But that's the reason you use pennies is copper is a really good heat sink. Oh, and so you would go, you would have to take apart the Xbox, you know, and you would locate where that paste was and you just stuck like two pennies there. Hmm. <laughs> I had so no um, idea. Yeah. And it worked too. Interesting. 
I'm very blessed. I didn't never. I never got the Red Ring of Death. No, me neither. We got on it super late. Like we were always like super late to getting consoles in my family. So like by the time we got the Xbox 360, it was like, what's the Red Ring of Death? I don't know her. Since this is such a huge exposure moment for you as the famous Windows 95 swastika man, um, I want to know whether or not you'd be willing to do an impression for our dozens of listeners. Um, oh, Christ. You won't, but it has to be of a video game character. No, 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 no. Nope. This is Gamer Friends. <clears throat> it doesn't matter. Yes, it does. I kind of like that idea. Yeah, that's a good uh, idea. <laughs> what video wow. game characters are impressionable? Wow. Wow. You can't do Mario. Oh, you can't wow. do Pikachu. You can't do <laughs> This isn't about you. <laughs> Can I do Luigi? No, it's Can too I do easy. Wario? Yes. Uh, okay, hold up. Let me take a drink of water real quick. <laughs> and by water, I mean Diet Mountain Dew. Right. <clears throat> That's water. For a gamer. Okay, here we go. Here. Wahaha. It's me, Wario. <laughs> Yeah, I I felt that I believed it. I did. Uh, Tim, what games are you playing now? Oh man, what games am I playing now? I've been getting pretty deep in on Minecraft here recently. I uh, I bought a realm for myself so that I can play on my Xbox when I'm at home, mm-hmm. and then I can go to work and I stick my Xbox controller, you know, in my bag, and and then I can play on my phone while I'm at work. What you can do that? Yes, and it's awesome. Shit. Same like you same profile. <laughs> I used yo, I went really hard in Minecraft with like some college roommates for like a good month. And I don't know, it was just that one month, but it was like amazing. And dude telling me that yeah, I can like play awesome. on my phone and yeah, then move you can it go to my and Xbox. If you have an Xbox One S or X, the controller that came with it is the type that can connect to a phone. It uses Bluetooth. Um, the Xbox One Elite controller doesn't. Wah, wah, wah. Um, yeah, I know, which is kind of a bummer. I thought it would. You but do. I've been getting deep on Minecraft for that reason. Been uh, going pretty good on some Final Fantasy 15 for a little bit. Um, nice. How is that? In the Final Fantasy universe, it, I would rank it in my like top five. Um, either that's pretty good because there's like that's 52 of those games <laughs> yeah there's a lot um, that's just counting like the main series yeah but yeah it's a it's definitely up there for me it's it's very good how is it different the past final fantasy games are turn-based this one is live action i guess i don't know what you'd call that okay. mm. and so you get some good combos going on um they added a they're adding DLCs pretty constantly. I think they just released the Royal Edition for Final Fantasy 15, uh, which adds some different sort of content throughout the game. I would probably have to play the whole thing over again to see most of it, but they add an extra zone in the very end of the game. Um, I don't want to say to spoil anything for any of the listeners, but they add an extra zone that you can get into and play in. And then they just added recently... Um, swapping between the characters as you play um that wasn't originally in the game so i've been having fun so do you have to <clears throat> do you have one character the whole time or do you you, do have, you switch it's you just were, not during it, combat you are the you core switch. boy band for the whole game and uh <laughs> yeah it's just four dudes it's accurate because 
<laughs> the whole time though throughout the game you play as Noctis, the main the main character. Uh there are different times in the game where like certain characters are off doing something else. There there are some extra characters that kind of tag along for a quest or two, but you don't get any permanent ones. And then mm. Titanfall 2. And that has kind of filled the void of Destiny 2 for me. Um Everyone is filling that void somehow. Dude, yeah. <laughs> but Titanfall 2... But you know what? It speaks to the power of Destiny that it is a void that needs to be filled. It is. Uh, it really is. And Titanfall 2 definitely just really scratches that shooter urge that I really liked. The gunplay in, in the game is very solid, just like Destiny. Um, and it remains to be still very solid, their gunplay. But Titanfall 2 has got some solid gunplay. Um, the Titans are just fucking awesome, man. They're sweet. And it's, I mean, there's a bunch of different game modes. They have a couple co-op modes. Um, kind of like mini hordes. There's a more beefed up story for this one, right? Uh, yeah. And the story is awesome, man. Like the very end, like I've played through it a couple of times. You, yeah, like it really like wow. I, it is powerful. That reaction to a campaign mode. Yeah, mm, it is a very something to say. It is a very good game, and it really does scratch that first-person shooter mode itch that I've got. Um, hmm. and then lastly, Monster Hunter. Ooh. I've been playing a lot of Monster Hunter. How many hours have you put in so far? Oh God! Oh, <laughs> 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 let me stares into the distance. I have lost count. Probably an embarrassing amount. <laughs> no such thing. You're amongst friends. Uh, five days, three hours, thirteen minutes. That's a lot of time, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. I would unjudgmentally, of course. Yeah, non judgmentally, of course. Yeah, no, it's a lot of time, dude. I, I convinced you to get a Cedric, and you haven't put too much time into it yet, but. Yeah, I think I'm only like five or six hours in. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a very lot of fun. fun. I haven't even really beat the story mode yet. I've gotten I've gotten to the end game. So how are you in the end game without finishing the story? You start out with low ranking monsters, and then once you mm-hmm. get past a certain part of the story, that kind of opens up the end game, and then it continues the story. Like okay. you know how every story you're the you get to the point, the climax where you save the world quote. I've saved the world quote in monster hunter, but then there's still mystery, you know, for what happens. I don't want to spoil the story. Um, okay. But I'm in the high ranking monsters now and it is excellent, man, that the upgrade system in monster hunter for the weapons and armor is awesome. Games should wow. be doing them like this. Uh, the weapons have trees, and so you can you can start out with a few different base weapons. My my weapon of choice is the dual blades, so you I know you can off start with out the with katana. Yeah, and I, I've used that one too. I like those too. But you can you get a choice of like bone hatchets, you know, that are made of like monster bones, or you get a, I think it what do they call it like a. The, the metal ones, uh, the alloy, you get a you get a choice between you know those two, and they they both branch off into several different trees that you that you unlock as the story progresses, because um, mm-hmm. it kind of it kind of holds you back 
a little bit as far as what you're able to upgrade to for a while uh, until you get past a certain part in the story. And then uh, once you've kind of unlocked that, you you get question marks. And as you hunt monsters and kind of you you get the loot from them, those question marks disappear. And it shows that, oh, this whole time I just needed Ulu Yaku Plume make this sword or something like that. A what um, plume? Kulu Yaku. It's one of the monsters in the game. It's yeah. like, it's chicken-ish. It's yeah, like a he's giant a chicken. giant egg boy. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's actually fun. And this <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, this is one of the funny <laughs> things I've heard about this game, too, mentioned. This game, as far as graphics-wise, is a big leap up from what Monster Hunter World's, or the Monster Hunter series has been on, which is the handheld, the DS's. I know that the most okay. recent one, I think, was on the 3DS. Either way, mm-hmm. it's still a pretty big leap up as far as graphics go. And the animation on all the, the dinosaurs and monsters and stuff, you know, um, yeah, there's a lot of facial emotion. And so you've got this Kulu Yaku, and he, he walks around with an egg. And a lot of times you'll you'll just kind of bump into him, and he's holding an egg, and he's... If you follow him, he's taking it back to his little cave or wherever he's from, and he'll eat it. And you can you can track them and follow them the whole time. And usually they're pretty non-aggressive. Some monsters are, but these ones you can follow around. And uh, if you start attacking him while he's holding this egg, he'll drop it, and he kind of scrambles for it, and he he tries to catch it, but you know it inevitably cracks and breaks <laughs> on the ground. And then you just see like. You see this like horrible look of like sadness and like you f- <laughs> you feel guilt that you've stolen this poor creature's only food. And then it seems justifiable about to kill that it? it would Oh yeah, I mean you're totally about to kill it, but now it seems justified that it's attacking you. <laughs> now it's sad. But you, you it's angry you can it's, see, it's hangry actually. It's attacking you, can you see while the it's hangry. Visible sadness in this poor you know, egg boy. And he's just, yeah, but he, he likes to dig up rocks too. It's one of his things is he'll dig up rocks and he'll hit you with it. And, you know, but all, all the monsters are very, very unique and it's a lot of fun. I don't know, Cedric, what do you, what were your first impressions? I, I really enjoyed it when I was playing it. I always seem to forget that monster hunter are Capcom games, but then like when you first started, it's like, you're playing a Capcom game. They're very you know, evidently like, Capcom uh, games with their their multiplayer experience. It's very shallow. <laughs> yeah, why don't we uh, talk about that? How do you how do you feel about it? Because I know you're well. The group is pretty big on like these deep cooperative games. How do you feel, uh, Monster Hunter? Stacks so up? how it works to progress with other people is that if you're doing the story mode alongside someone you pretty much have to be on the same quest or it kind of is a lot of one person waiting to, for the other person to get through a bunch of different cutscenes because the game mm. won't let you join up with somebody until they've watched all the cutscenes in their quest or whatever. And so until they've started really the, the hunt and the attack on the monster, you're kind of sitting around and waiting unless you're doing it alongside with them. And then you're kind of keeping pace. So in that sense, you know, like when I've been playing with you, Cedric, I'm ahead of you a little bit. So I'm just off fucking around while you're listening to the cutscenes, talking to different. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, you're talking to different people. They're sending you from one person to another. 
you know, and those first beginning levels are all kind of tutorials, you know? And so right. they're kind of long anyway. And I'm just kind of off trying to kill something real quick and wait for you to <clears throat> get to a point where I can actually join up with you. Um, and so in that sense, it's kind of aggravating, but once you're with somebody in there and you're actually hunting the monster, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. After like that sort of initial clunkiness, it's a really smooth ride afterwards but it does seem more of like an after yeah or just like they've got some old way of doing it because this is kind of this kind of reminds me of how games in the ps3 xbox 360 generation kind of ran it's kind of inconvenient but like also you can search for uh sessions by your squad. I mean, there's there's ways that it's convenient and there's ways that it's not. And you can create your own sessions, easy preferences. Mm-hmm. It can be private. Um, you know, everything like that. But there's some perks to to having been on online sessions with other people. Uh, calling cards is one of these things Ooh. that I really like. And I think we've exchanged some, yes? Nick? Or I not th- Nick, Cedric? Oh, yeah, it's the uh, you. Well, it's uh, a guild card. You exchange guild cards. Your guild card is your kind of like hunter ID. Uh, you can customize it. You can customize the back of it. Um, <laughs> it's Nick just made a really stank face. <laughs> you give these to people, and yeah, it shows you know what it shows what equipment you have on once your hunter rank is which is determined on what like the highest level monster you've killed or whatever Mm -hmm. so instead of like destiny where you can go and see everyone's equipment just in a menu i have you have to give me a card it's a little inconvenient i I get that but it, it also serves other purposes too you uh you get guild cards from people and it it kind of gives more information than what inspecting somebody on destiny would do like the hunter rank is indicative of a lot of things. Like you what? wouldn't you wouldn't want, for instance, if you're in a high rank sort of deal, you wouldn't want somebody low rank. You're not going to invite somebody low rank just because. I mean, they, it's going to be hard for them. Uh, mm-hmm. However, swapping guild cards with people does do something that I think is like so great. You have these little cat friends, right? The palicos. The palicos are so cute. Oh man, the palicos are like the best part of this game. So the you have these cat friends, right? And throughout the game you meet these wild cat people. And you you can your if your cat is friendly enough with them, you kind of and do some quests for them. They'll join up with you and you have like a a second little palico that'll tag along with you. If you exchange guild cards with somebody, you'll find their palico out in the wild too while you're on expeditions. Ah, okay. You'll see their their palico's name, you know, and they'll join they'll join up with you and they'll fight with you and they're wearing whatever armor or weapon that you have on them at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's yeah, and cool. so like and and they're just as useful as they would be depending on the armor. So like my girlfriend's palico is low rank, so like when I'm on a high rank expedition, her palico's dead like in two hits, and it's you know whatever. <laughs> so I'm sure mine funny. helps her a lot. She'd play. Mm-hmm. Word. Well, all right. Um, any final thoughts on the game? It is a lot of fun. 
the the upgrade systems and for the armor and weapons is very very um i didn't really touch on the armor you know it works kind of like diablo you get gems that you can stick in your armor that give you different perks as you go along Mm -hmm. that kind of help you advance one of the gems i have right now shortens the sharpening time of your weapons because your weapons lose their blade sharpness over time and uh i think normally you what stroke the whetstone across it like four times the armor and stuff that i have on it intrinsically has a perk that shortens that and then i stuck a gem that i got on that armor that shortens it even more so now i only have like a i swipe once on it and then i'm good to go which is awesome yeah um Hmm. so the armor and weapons is great um i love it the story's pretty good um it was japanese pretty evidently none of the characters when they talk their mouths match up with the (laughs) <laughs> the dialogue That's so funny so yeah if you want the true gamer experience you got to have subs not dubs good to know but the story is pretty decent as far as game stories go it's nothing spectacular so far i haven't really beat it yet so i i couldn't sure. <laughs> but you know it's it's good the multiplayer leaves things to be desired but the combat is incredible all the monsters are just beautifully designed and the environment really feels alive there's little critters running around everywhere uh, that you can totally interact with there's little bunny things that that are frolicking around and you have a, a net that you can capture them with and if you capture them you can have them as pets in your house you can fish uh there's little mini quests to make you know palico friends there's a there's an arena that you eventually unlock where Monsters that you've captured instead of killed show up and you fight. Um, you know, Ooh. other yeah. than fighting them, what can you do with captured monsters? Um, nothing really. They it gets you some as you go along. You learn about the monsters, and so when you when you load into an area, if there's a monster that you've captured before, or you maybe you've collected a lot of its footprints, or like mucus, or toxic spray or whatever you know as you're hunting them you collect all these clues and they give you a a learning bonus so like if you load into an area you already have the monster like you know that the monster's there if you don't know about a monster enough when you load into an area it doesn't necessarily tell you what monsters are there so you can look at one section that you're going to and see oh i need to kill this monster and i know he's here so i should go here because they will kind of so as you go along you kind of learn those different things about the monsters and i think it, it, if you get them high enough level you can even track them a bit as soon as you've loaded in instead mm. of like going and dry and have nothing to work off of at all all right well tim i really appreciate you coming on i think this has been a lot of fun i learned uh, a lot i definitely am convinced that i need to check out monster hunter Dude, it's great. It's a, uh, it's a total time sink, and you can, you can spend a lot of time. <laughs> Which you guys are used to. <laughs> yeah, you can just. <laughs> I mean, new. I've been spending a whole lot of time just trying to get one stupid armor set that I. There's this just one piece of this monster that I can't get. Hmm. So. Well, congratulations to you. I know the rest of Bones of Feet is mad that they are not uh, our first featured guest. <laughs> are they good? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, man. Uh, well, I'll probably end up talking to you later tonight. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Bye, Tim. Bye, Tim. All right, so I'm uh, I'm gonna call that a show. It is a show. It's done. It's done. It was a lot this week. It was a lot of news. Thank you for sticking with us. If you're here, still here. God bless y'all. Can we tell that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you, Tim, for being our first guest. Tim, love you, man. How cute. Thank you. So yeah, catch us again in two weeks. Yes, a little less than two weeks. True. We'll be on time. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> We're learning. But yeah, uh, if you told a gamer friend about us last week. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you a lot of times. A lot of times. Many, many thanks. We really appreciate it. We really do. But we have another thing to ask. Because we can't just end the show without asking y'all to do shit for us. So who? We gotta make an ask. Follow us on social media. You can find us at GamerFriendsPod on... Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. And we'll catch y'all in less than two weeks. Deuces. Bye. All right, so I got to talk to you about something. What's that? So I remember when you were listening to Back to Work, and they were talking about... Yes, BT Dubs. And they were talking about Dana Guerrero. Yes. Okay, I did not realize that that was her. Right. I, we're watching Black I Panther. Feel like a lot of people Akoye. Oh my god, Akoye. Oh my god, Akoye. Right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. My whole life. Also, Michonne from The Walking Dead. She's badass in everything she does. Right. And I'm sitting here trying to think what was so different. Why didn't I not recognize her? And then I remembered she's like a million shades darker. In The Walking Dead. They need to get some Fenty in Atlanta. They do. I I could not believe it. I was like, they just, again, they don't know how to like black characters. And finally you have a black movie with a whole bunch of black people like, let's light these niggas up. Um, In a production sense, of course. But then I was like, maybe this is just me. It's not just you. Well, I wasn't sure. So... I was scrolling on Instagram, as one does, as a millennial does, and Marvel posted the little Funko Pop toy of Okoye. Ooh, I think I want to get all of those. I would get all of them. Mm. But then I was like, oh, let me just look up the one from Michonne. And I was totally right. Michonne's is like three or four times darker than the one for Okoye. Like, you wouldn't Mm. even know that it was portrayed by the same person. I'm surprised I didn't realize. I'm actually really upset that two white men noticed before I did. (laughs) Someone take my black card away.